You're listening to the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with Matt and Rich. Fuck this team. Damn it! This is what? 30 seconds? Okay, we're recording on Saturday. Again, ASU won, which is great. They were down 5-1. Five to one. Five goals given up in the first period. All right. I, I literally had a tweet that I was going to post, and I'm probably not going to anymore, where it's like, we have sh- reports, uh, shots fired in downtown L.A. Carol Vamelka has been shot five times. He is dead. The tank commander is now in day. And and the fucking tank commander is like, no, actually, um, uh, I'm, I am God. I, I, I'm just God. And yep. and that's what we're doing now. Yep. And it's 5-5. Five, five, and with 16 <laughs> seconds left. With 16 seconds left in the third period, I'm currently watching it on my second monitor. Uh, obviously, I have to keep it muted, <laughs> but I'm 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 gonna give Matt some live updates. Uh, I tweeted out uh, at when they tied it up, roughly thereafter. I said, if you know this doesn't end up on Daggett's, I don't know what will for the Coyotes because unless it's Kralvamelka throwing another pass out that ends up getting scored, like. The L.A. fans, when they went up 5-1 in the first period, the L.A. fans chanted, hey, 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 goodbye, you know, na, 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 whatever, before we get copyright striked ourselves, ourselves, um, hey, 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 goodbye, and it is now 5-5 going into overtime. Eight games. Eight consecutive games with a point. This team is supposed to be dead. There was a stretch of time that this team lost nine in a row. And now they are eight points consecutive. Now, granted, not a lot of wins in those eight points or in those eight games, not eight points, eight games. That is crazy. That's a coach. And players that believe in that coach. Is it not? Move to Houston. Move look, them to Houston. Look, I look, I, I, I'm the eternally optimist one, right? Optimistic one. Sure. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. All right. But I, I'm supposed to be the optimistic one here. And I'm looking at it like, look, we embrace a couple of years of pain. Next year is we should start sniffing around that wild card spot. That does not mean making it. I think me and Major Nelson were talking a little bit on Twitter, and it's essentially for about a month, make us feel like we can we can get that second wild card spot. Then yeah. if the wheels fall off, they fall off. You know, it's an inexperienced team. It's going to be young. It's going to be a lot of mistakes. Nothing wrong with that. And you just build from there. You make the playoffs. What? within you know two or three years from right now so it's a couple of seasons and even if it's an early exit you're building towards something yeah. perfectly fine with that all right but like like i know logan cooley is tearing it up and i know we have the matt Nyes meme and we're also trying to get the jimmy snuggerud meme going but that one really has no traction all um, right but here's definitely the thing. has no traction here's, here's the thing. <laughs> All right. Um, this is one of the deepest drafts, obviously. So, sure, you can get a good player at 15th overall. Great. I don't care. This is a year that if you're going to get top three, and last year I was fine with top three. Three worked out very well. But if you want to get top three, top two, number one overall, it's this year. It's Connor Bedard. It's Adam Fantilli. It's Leo Carrollson. Maybe even Carlson. Carrollson. And even, even Mad Bay Mitch Kov. Whatever. Yep. Yes, you have so many options, and this team. I've already used. To, I've already used up my 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 bleeps. And Richie hates me when I, I do the bleeps. So we got it out of the way first. Can't do it anymore. But why? Look, look. I love this team. Winning is fun. The the quite frankly, I have to say it. The idiots that are like, I'm tired of hearing about the tank. Shut up. All right, you go through the pain, you build it properly, and you win cups. Yep. Because what they're doing here, they are going to win a Stanley Cup. They have the right people. Look, this coach 
has a yep. roster that, well, I, I've maintained since last year. You've been a witness to that. Everyone's been a witness to that. This team is better than people gave it credit for. That does not mean they are currently a great hockey team. It means they are better than people think they are. And he's managed to squeeze. He is exactly the example I was giving when I'm like, Rick Talk is not a very good coach. You, the coach, if you have a great coach or even a good coach, they're going to get more out of these players because yep. they are that good good coaches elevate mediocre rosters great coaches elevate good rosters yada yada you're seeing that Turnier is a phenomenal coach this team is going to win a cup this is going to be a phenomenal future we're probably not going to have carolson fantilly or bedard as part of that because these these butt buttholes butt munchers cannot just lose they can't just start like look Look, I made the meme, and it's just a meme for legal reasons. It's a meme. <laughs> I made the meme. We should just go break Connor Ingram's kneecaps so we can start getting some losses. Yep. It's a me- legal reasons. It's a meme. <laughs> ah. Yeah. The uh, I will say, I, I'm going to keep giving some lived up updates here. I know for the uh, fans listening, you probably already know what happened. Because uh, this will be going up tomorrow. Uh, looks like Bukestad took a penalty in overtime. So now they're on the penalty kill. But what a brutal penalty. Uh, oh my goodness. Their player literally had his stick stuck in his elbow and was can opening him. And just completely hooked him out of the play. And he, he was forced to trip the player in order to... To stop the play from happening. Wow. That was... Kings. The refs will always choose the Kings. Come on now. We, I, we I guess. You know this. Come on. I guess. Just end me. Just just end me at this point. Like, look, you know what? At this point, you might as well win. You, you might as well score a shorthanded goal. It's... Uh, if if Bukestad's gone... Uh, give me Jack McBain on a breakaway. Screw it. Just get give that to me. I'm going to go give with... A guy who tied it up, I'm going to say Christian Fisher scores it in overtime to win it. You know what, Fish? You're, you're back on thin ice with me, buddy. You were, yeah. All you had to do was not. All, I, I don't care that you think you could win, and yes, you will in the future, 100% on your side there. As of this season, I, I, I hope you, you step on a Lego, and it's very uncomfortable to walk for a little bit. And maybe just maybe that causes you to to not be where you need to be for the next goal. No, take. I will. I will say something funny that I noticed in this game is the Coyotes are currently wearing their blacks uh, Uh because the Coyotes are wearing that just absolutely ugly. I think it's either an alternate or reverse retro with the silver buckets. Um, more specifically, the buckets are ugly. The jersey is actually really nice, but the buckets are awful on that thing. Uh, on I the black jersey, Vegas. I hate it for them. I hate it for ASU. Those yeah. weird, like chrome metallic things. Get rid of them. They're yep. so ugly. <laughs> the um, the black jerseys, the Coyotes jersey. Uh, the ad is covered on their. Mm-hmm. I yep. why? <laughs> oh, so I, I can actually explain that. So, uh, they're partner with a with a casino. You can do gambling, but only for home. If you're in a state that has it, ah. so they're also just the home uh, sponsor, regardless. Sponsors. So you got gotcha. got to cover it up. So for, briefly, we, we get we get to have a little bit back of of not having to have Decency. advertisers on New Jersey <laughs> <laughs> until they partner with with um, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield or something that's that's national for the away jersey yeah. next year, and the white machine gets disgraced and and there you go there 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 you go i'm just so mad i am i am actually livid because here's the thing i I, i'll say it now i have no problem saying it if chikrin decided he wanted to stay Mm -hmm. straight up he decided that uh and and this team had about seven more wins eight more wins I'd be all for it because I'd be like, you know what? Why not? You can sniff around a playoff spot. We can have that be the meme. And then whatever happens in the offseason happens. We're not even close enough to have the playoff meme. So, like, why? Like, 
At this point, literally, I have a baseball bat. I'll bring it to work and leave it in a certain spot. And and if if uh, GMVA Are you would like and to break a few a kneecaps, if GMVA would like to go over there and, and break a few kneecaps to salvage the season, go for it. I I don't know how they're going to salvage this, dude. Like the amount of points that they're getting, like, and and the way Columbus is losing, there's no way that they're catching Columbus. There's no way okay they would have Columbus to lose. I think I think Columbus can have the guard. I think I think that's I, fine. Columbus, you know, they only really had you know Rick Nash, and and I think they didn't really do enough to build around it. They but they at least put there. in the effort. They tried. Yeah, yeah you and, got and control there. Really nice, you know? Yeah, I I agree with that. I would be perfectly fine. I agree. I think I'd be perfectly fine with him going to uh, to. Um, Columbus. That would oh, that would yeah, be acceptable. I was, I was going to try to say complain. Ohio, but I I, I was trying to blank on Ohio. Um, so like, it, it's fine. I, I will not complain as long as he doesn't go to Anaheim because whatever the hell is going on between them and the Coyotes, I, I couldn't swallow that pill at this point and not go into Chicago. I don't care where Bedard goes. As much as I want that kid here, the, unless Gary Bettman is actually going to rig this lottery. And you know what? You know what? If the Coyotes finish fifth from last or higher, put $100 down on them to win the lottery. Just because I feel like that's what that's what would happen. They had to make it blatant and really just rig that lottery for us to. But as long as we at least can get three, you know what? We we might not even be able to get Fantilli at this point unless you're literally willing to just start breaking kneecaps and ankles, which would then destroy next season. So it's not worth it. Like I, <laughs> I just saw an interesting stat flashed up on uh, the broadcast. Connor Ingram has still yet to let in a goal from his previous shutout. He is now up to 113 minutes without allowing a goal. You think he becomes the next Brian Boucher? I don't know. Well, he like five He's games. doing well, man. Uh, well, but, it was remember, four he has no or trade five. Yes. Remember, remember, Ingram doesn't add anything to your team, even though it's literally the the he had that that struggle, and that struggle was literally four games. It was a five game stretch. There was four of them. Two were were below eight hundred save percentage. That's really bad. One was a nine forty two, like sandwich in the middle there. Like he he needed to get his feet wet. And uh, between him and Vimelka, pretty much the same age. I I'm just gonna follow my gut. My gut saying keep Ingram around. Probably I think so too. I think he's younger too. My gut saying he's younger. Like I could see Veggie. Getting traded at the deadline and running Ingram Prosvatov or whoever ends up coming back, you know, if if there's a goalie that's coming back. Cal Peterson, just wave him. Just just send you know what, here's what you do. You you get He's already you trade waved. For Cal Peterson, you you wave him down to the minors, you let Prozy finish the season at the NHL level, so you're like, hey, we need to see what we have with you at the NHL level, because I think he's got one year left on his contract before we do anything. There you go, 1A, 1B, Ingram gets two games, Prozy gets a game, you finish the season that way, and you got a, a brighter picture because Vimelka's been doing it longer, so he'll have more trade value. Yep. Uh, at this point, the... I think a first-round pick is now out of the question because he's had a couple of those streaks where he just... He's Swiss cheese, so it's like that is going to drive down the price. But if you can get a second-round pick, that's good he's, value. Yeah, he's definitely not Darcy Kemper value. No, no, he's just not, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I will say the Kings have taken a 2-0 to zero lead in the shootout. So, Angry. looking grim. It's looking very grim, which is very Angry. sad. It's very sad. You might as well complete the comeback if you came all the way, but it's looking like they are going to potentially lose this in the shootout. All right, so let's go ahead and they lose it in the shootout. We're not just uh, – don't even give me any more updates from this point on. Just pretend it doesn't exist. I do want to talk about this. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and shoot my shot. Trick and get straight at the night. Because remember, uh, let's rewind back to 2019. Let's go back in time a little bit. And do you remember the Taylor Hall rumors? Yep. Do you remember how those heated up and then kind yep. of died down and it was there was nothing? Yep. And then New Jersey came to town, and then what was it? It was within an hour or two of the game ending. Taylor Hall is now a Coyote, and New Jersey left, but they left Taylor Hall behind. Yep. 
So I, I'm calling my shot. I'm, I'm going to say I have an inside source. I don't actually, but I'm just going to pretend I do. I have an inside source. Trusted inside and, uh, source. Trusted source, yeah. source. Trust me, bro. But <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to leave Chikrin behind. It's going to be Jacob Chikrin and Karel Vamelka in exchange for Brendan Lemieux, Cal Peterson, a 2023 first. And they'll throw in Turcotte. But there's going to be a weird, like, there's going to be a weird caveat. I don't know how to explain that, whether it's an extra asset going their way or if there's like a conditional pick. But Turcotte's going to be involved. There you go. There's my bold prediction. I think definitely Turcotte will be the piece that would be moved. Um, I, I They're not getting rid of Clark or... or uh, nope. Byfield. We already knew you weren't getting Byfield. We only thought Clark was in play because there was three independent independent reports that he was involved in one day so i was like oh he might actually be in play and then yep. when that got rejected w w within like 10 hours he was officially right back off the board like we we did not actually think we were getting him i know i've said before if you're going to trade him to la you at least ask you don't settle because you want to keep the price high but that doesn't mean like that that wasn't meant as a we won't take extra first round assets to avoid that, it's one of those we're we're gonna get our full value type things. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's some other assets in the LA organization that you can look at too that might be better than a um a Turcot. I just don't feel like I feel like Turcot's value has dropped so much just because of the injury uh situation with him. It's not just like a um, a Jacob Chikrin situation where it's like, oh, yeah, well, Jacob Chikrin's injured. No, no, no. You could literally see one season, he did, even though it was shortened, one season he did play full. And on top of that, he's played really well coming into this and stuff like that. This is an unproven talent. It's one thing to be proven in injury prone. It's another thing to be unproven in injury prone. So what that about being a Jersey Velarde combo. Because everyone keeps saying that, and look, I, I, I'm not trying to trash talk either player. I don't have an opinion on either. I have no idea if either are actually so, that good. So, Dursey isn't bad. So, just to mm -hmm. give perspective, he's currently at 28 points this season in 58, uh, 53 games. Not mm -hmm. bad, uh, especially yeah, for a guy who is uh, 24 years of age, so about the same age as Chikrin. Right um, shot, right? We need more of those. Yes, right shot. Uh right. He's somebody that definitely would be on the Coyotes. It's not just like a maybe mm -hmm. pick that won't show up. Um, mm -hmm. The question would be, would they want to move a Jersey to bring in Chikrin? You know, that maybe. I don't know. You know, obviously. Uh, but with how many points that guy's putting up, I don't know if you do. Like, just to give consideration, he's the second on uh, the defense for L.A., uh, for next best in points. So is that a guy that you're really wanting to give up? I guess, you know, you are getting Chikrin, which is roughly same age, same kind of stature of uh play style, just left hand instead of right handed. Maybe, maybe as for Turcotte, you know, I don't see him being a piece that moves the needle. He's, you know, fifth overall pick. Uh, very highly touted into that draft. People were kind of sketchy about him. Um, some naysayers were very sketchy about him, I'll say, but some that were on the hype train for Turcotte were pretty pretty on board with him. Um, very similar to like kind of how Barrett Hayden was looked at the draft. A lot of people said, oh, he'll go 15th. And then a lot of people said he's the second best centerman in that draft. And... So far, he's he started to show a lot more signs of life in his career for being a uh, a significant top six piece. Probably not going to be a top line player, but a top six, you know, second line type guy. Mm -hmm. um, Turcotte, I just don't know if you need him, right? You have Geeky in the the system. You've got Cooley. You've got uh, you know Doan. You you have so many of these kind of young pieces that are. Um, down there that are like top six kind of players. They're not like first line studs or anything like that. So, you know, a, a Turcotte at 21 years of age, is that really like a piece to really need? And I, the question is, is like, I don't, I don't think it is. I really don't. 
But a, a jersey might be more interesting. You know, having a D-man that has played NHL games. But also, you need to replace... Because what we want is, again, we, we, bo- we both like Chick, we both like Ghost. It's not them as people. But we want both of them gone at the trade deadline. So you're mm-hmm. gonna need, you're gonna have minutes to fill. That that's a lot of minutes that you need filled. So you need to have a defenseman coming back because as many good prospects as we have, the defense is is, is thin. They did a good job getting a couple guys like Mav. I think uh, was it uh, Langlois who's playing pretty pretty decent this year. They got a couple guys, yeah. but not not a lot that are gonna blow you blow you away except for Moser. And Moser is already a top four NHLer and he's not going anywhere. So do you really count that as a prospect? I don't. After his first season, I don't. Yep. He's straight up stolen that, that spot. He's not going anywhere. So unless, you know, knock on wood, you know, whatever, something happened, which we're not wishing that on, but he'll be around for a while. And and you need that. So like they do need to get a little a little younger on the defense. Because we like Brown, Stetcher, Nemeth. They're playing decently for having that veteran presence here in, in the locker room. They're not guys that are going to be here in three years. Yeah. They're, they're not guys that are going to you know, be part of your long-term plan. So you need that. You need to eat up some minutes. And Jersey's fine. I got nothing wrong with him. Maybe he's a little more offensive upside than I was giving credit for. I can admit that. I don't – I even admit it. I didn't – I don't really know much about his game. But – does it not sound disappointing? Like you, you want to shoot for Clark, but the offer was Velarde in a first. So let's just say they up it to Velarde, Jersey in a first. While that is a good value, that would be a good trade. Is it just because like they're not as young as you want them that it sounds disappointing, or am I in, in the minority here? That's like that would sound disappointing. I think so. Well, it depends, right? Because if you're holding on to Keller and you might be holding on to Schmaltz, depending on how that that plays out, mm-hmm. those are the age groups of those types of players, you know. And if you're holding on to Lawson Kraus, who's also in that age group, um, those players are around that age group. You know, it, it's fine to have kind of clusters of of age group, and. In that sense, you will. The only hard part is like when this team really starts competing, which let's be real Coyotes fans, when we're talking them making the playoffs consistently, that's not next year. That's probably not even the year after. The year after is probably when we squeak into the playoffs. By year three, three, yeah, by year three, maybe even four is when you go, okay, this team is a legitimate, you know, able to make a make a uh, a run into the playoffs are these guys that are going to be on your lineup you know three to four years out i don't know you know ultimately i can play speculation the speculation game i truly just don't know and with that being said you know maybe there's a guy like flarty who is having a little bit of a resurgency year he's has he has 17 goals uh, 31 points in 40, 46 games. Uh, he is a winger. Um, he's right-handed, 6'2". So fits all the demographics of what Bill Armstrong's looking for. I would definitely call him a first-round asset, 100%. He's definitely not something like Turcotte where I wonder, you know, how much does a Turcotte move the needle in, in terms of being a first-round asset? Honestly, I... I think he has lower trade value than like Arthur Kaliev, who was taking taken high in the second round. I I would be more interested in trying to pick up Arthur Kaliev than I would be trying to pick up Turcotte. All right, so it's an it's an Austin Matthews trade, and you want one more piece to flip the needle. We don't care what the other assets are. Let's say it's exactly what Toronto's asking for, and it's between LA and the Coyotes. Okay. The last piece is Turcotte or Hayton right now. Which do you think is moving the needle more? Because they both are fifth overall picks. Turcotte has, I think it's multiple concussions, which is more severe. But I, I think it's fair to say he's probably seen as a more offensively capable player. Or Hayton, it, it's taken him this long to finally start to show it. And there's been reasons for it. But, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't matter what the reasons are. That's just where you're at. Which do you think moves the needle more? So I would say absolutely it's got to be Hayden, right? 
you know, Turcotte might have the higher ceiling than mm-hmm. Hayton. You know, maybe Turcotte can establish himself to be more point getter than, than than Hayden can in this league. But as of right now, if Hayden just completely burns out, I can put him in my bottom six. I can trust him in my bottom six. I can't trust a guy who's injury prone, who's who's concussion prone. Right? It's not just injury, like oh, it was a hand injury like Lawson Krauss, right? I'm not worried about it, a Lawson Krauss hand injury. A concussion? Yeah, that is pretty significant. And I even said the same thing with Connor Timmons when we picked him up. I said, mm-hmm. there's a lot of value there, but concussion's a very serious thing because the, the, the chances of relapse are pretty significant. And if you're not Sidney Crosby, who you know plays with, a lot of um, ability to avoid getting hit or injured into the future, you know, the chances of, of getting hit again and relapsing can absolutely happen. And also to put it into perspective, like with most injuries, once you have your second concussion, you're more and more susceptible to them. Yep. Obviously when you get your first, you're, you're more susceptible than you were before, but you know, just put it in perspective, but it also leads to, if I, constantly break my shin for example just you know after a period of time i'm not gonna be able to put as much weight on it because it's gonna start healing weird or it's just gonna it's gonna be weaker so i'm not gonna be able to just i'm not i can't do as much i might not be have as much muscle on it you see a lot with big men where they put on too much weight it weighs down their knees it kind of breaks down their knees over time in basketball i know i'm going around a little bit but it's just it it limits your ability Concussions also, on top of that limiting ability, it could also lead to, depending on external factors, if there's pre-existing conditions, if you develop conditions, can lead to stuff like uh, seizures, mm-hmm. oaks, you know, life-threatening stuff. That I, I, I love hockey, but I'm not going to lie, and we're just going to use Turkan as an example, if it was between uh, him being able to live and being able to play, like, Two more seasons in the NHL. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I think I, I think any of us can speak on on the behalf of a player. Uh, they they need to live as opposed to to play in the game. Yep. So like it, it it's a dangerous game. You hope that it doesn't become a bigger issue. You hope that it, it's kind of okay. He's had some problems here, but it's not going to come back. You hope that. Yeah, we wish nothing but the best on them. But when we already had. An asset like that backfire a couple of times. We've already had these kind yep. of questionable assets shoot us in the like, Oh, don't even. <laughs> hey, I will say, <laughs> before even, my time, <laughs> even even though Christopher Colanos never panned out, watching him make Patrick Waugh lose his mind will still <laughs> go down in Coyotes history is probably up there in top ten, top five moments in Coyotes history. Watching just Patrick Waugh lose his mind because he gets scored on by Kalanos. Imagine that's the man who ends your whole career. He's yep. just coming. By. Wait, who would you rather? You're, you're a, I know it wasn't his, his last goal against, but if it's your last goal against, you're a Hall of Fame goalie. Would you rather it be against Peter Mueller or Christopher Kalanos? Oh, I think Kalanos <laughs> just because it's funnier. Mueller's just sad. Right? Mueller just like disappeared. He's an Australian champion. Come on now. He, he just disappear. disappeared. Like Kalanos, it was like, all right, well, he he got injured and it's just that his his career was injured because ended because of it. Uh, anyway, so I, I, I don't know. Just I, I guess to try to start moving on to a different topic. Uh chicken trade good. We don't hate Velarde. we don't hate Dursey, we don't hate Turcotte. We're just kind of giving examples. I, I still think Turcotte has more value than than uh, than Hayton, only because it's taken Hayton this long to to start showing that. And I feel like Turcotte is the more offensively valuable player right now. But yeah. I also I deeply respect Hayton's game of of his his two way ability to where he's literally they've thrown him on the first line. He's been just fine produced. They've had him on the third or fourth line. He's been just fine produced less, but played very well defensively and and, and done some penalty kill stuff and. You know, he's just a good player that's I, I can trust him anywhere in the lineup. And it's not even just about the injuries. It's about I, I feel like Turcotte isn't as good two way as Hayton. I don't feel like that should be controversial to say, 
But I, I just feel not. like whenever you're getting, you know, if you're if you're trading a superstar, you're trading a big elite player, the player that's going to move the needle more is that. So that like, he probably has more value than we think, but also probably not as much as youth that's valuing him high, I think. And that's that's the weird spot that I think guys like Turcotte are in, where when when we're risk like risk assessing, I think is, is the way to say it. Uh-huh. Uh, we might undervalue him, but when you're you watch him every night, you're like, hey, he's still a really good player. You're gonna overvalue him. So it's probably somewhere in the middle. It's probably where where his value's at. I mean, I'll say this: <laughs> if I'm trading him to Chikrin to L.A. And I have to make the trade immediately and Byfield and Clark are off the table. Mm-hmm. I would rather be looking at Kaliev than than uh Turcot personally. So would you would you go like a twenty twenty three first Kaliev and Dersey? Absolutely. I think I'd be good with that. At but, this point, like we just need to get this effing thing done. Would the Velarde Dersey be good enough for you? Velarde Dursey in a first or just Velarde Dursey? Velarde Dursey in a first. So the, the alleged offer that was given in the offseason was Velarde in a first. So you're, you're just adding Dursey to that. Man, that's tough. That's really tough. And then like Brendan Lemieux comes to Arizona because you got to make the money work. And also uh, he's a donor for the ASU Mullet Arena, by the way. And that is a publicly viewable sign. I put it on Twitter. That is on the public side. The ASU locker room door is right here. And the public side is right there. No one on the internet has pictures of it posted. I was just trying to find I wasn't at work that day, and I was like, oh, hey, I thought I had a picture. I didn't. I was just trying to look for one on the internet to use for that tweet. No one's taking pictures of it. Not a single person has decided to chronicle that. Idiots. That's interesting. Why Why did he donate to the mullet? It, it just said like like their top donors. Did, so I don't know if it's talking about the mullet specifically or ASU hockey. No, uh, Brendan Lemieux did not play for ASU. It was Mario the, Lemieux's kid, Austin Lemieux, played for ASU, I think, for three seasons. And yeah. a bunch of people hated him because he wasn't as good as Mario. I'm sorry that, that Mario's kid wasn't as good as one of the top five or ten best players in NHL history. I, think I apologize. I think it might be higher <laughs> than that, my guy. If you, I think Mario might make an argument for top three. I had Mario at number, I think, three behind uh, Gretz and, uh, and Gordie Howe. I always had Mr. Hockey above Gretz, mostly because Gretzky is an arsehole. Uh, I don't like him. I don't like him as a person. I, I as he was a coach for the Coyotes. I, I heard some things. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Uh, he's kind of an arse. So uh, it's a personal bias. Yes, Gretzky is objectively the best. Don't care. Didn't ask. Uh, but it, he's he's at least in the top five minimum. And it just depends on how much you value different guys from different eras. That's why I'm saying a top five or ten, just to be a little more conservative with the rankings. But he's still. Yeah, I'm sorry his son wasn't as great as one of the greatest all-time to ever play. So I, I apologize. <laughs> I will say, going back to that trade, I, I will say that even though, you know, Velarde and Dersey are older, they're mm-hmm. still 23 and 24, respectively, you know. They fit the timeline because it's, they'll be in their prime when it's time for us to make playoff pushes. I'm 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 warming up to it a little bit more as I'm kind of looking I think um, it was kind of like that Krauss deal we were talking about when that was signed. It sounds high, but when you think about it, like it actually isn't. This, it, the more I'm thinking about it, I think it just it sounds disappointing. It sounds underwhelming, but when you actually stop and you 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 think about the assets you'd be getting, mm-hmm. Dersey, Velarde, and an unprotected first would be great value. And yeah. of course, like I said, you're throwing in Lemieux or whoever else. Just you make the money work. And if you want to swap Amelka and Peterson, throw in an extra second or something just to kind of make it worth our while. And there you go. And worst case, you know, I um, there there are serviceable aspects, serviceable as assets. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. He was thinking about something else. I was, yeah, serviceable <laughs> assets. You know, so in that sense, like there's nothing saying you couldn't flip them in the future, you know, mm-hmm. put them on top line like you did Nick Bugsbag and uh, Goss Despair and, and turn them into yeah, that Connor Geeky kids playing really well. Velarde is now excess goods 
Hey, um, we want to acquire. Let's. I, I am just going to use Matthew Kachuk as an example because just kind of give you a caliber of player. Hey, we really want to get this guy. Doesn't want to be here anymore. Hey, Velarde would be a pretty good swap. It's an additional asset. It's not a one for one, but hey, yeah. that might sweeten the pot a little bit. Yeah, you're talking. That. You're talking Matthew Kachuk when he was trying to leave Calgary, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you got to throw a little bit extra in, and it's like Huberto, as good as he was in Florida, that really was the hey, we're gonna need like, you know, an elite talent coming back as well. We're gonna need something coming back, and even though it hasn't worked out yet, it might end up turning around. It might not. I still think the contract's a little too big, but apparently I've lost the battle on on this. And eight year contracts is the way to go for thirty somethings, but. You know what? We'll just have to keep buying up contracts and using the Coyotes as a farm system, apparently, because that's True. how this is going to keep going. And I think it's how we got lost in Kraus. True. The Boland, Boland trade. Boland, yep. yep. <laughs> and then Chikrin we got for moving up a few pieces by taking on the Datsuk contract. Gotta love it. The Coyote legend, Pablo Datsuk. Coyote legend, Jacob Chikrin. Yep. Yeah, just think it. about that. You know, we moved up. I think it was like six or seven spots, maybe, uh, traded with with Detroit. And in order to do so, we took on Datsuk's contract. Mm-hmm. And man, you know, if they do pull three first round assets for that, that's crazy. Just think about that, like for a second. Yes, you did take on a big contract to only move up seven spots. But to move up those seven spots, you also attained potentially three first-round assets. That's a lot of value. That is a lot of value. <laughs> Just saying. But, you know, it's it's something like that. Is if you're getting the, the appropriate assets, you can always use them later. Mm-hmm. Hey, like I said, I'm just using Matthew, you know, Matthew Chuck as, as an example. And it's like, you know, you, you need to still have something coming in, coming out, something that teams can use. And you know what? If you can stock up on players, even if Velarde's literally in the long term a two-year rental, right? We trade him in two years, Geeky's ready or donor's ready, whatever. Yeah. That's still not bad. You know, that's, that's still not something that you can complain about. But anyway, so tank's ruined. Tank is done. Pack it up. Eight We're point done. It, it, it's, it's too much. So what is the off-season plan? Um, because I, I look at this and uh, it's easy to overreact, but I will say it right now, uh, the season was a waste. If you if you don't pick top three, I don't care about, oh, well, top five, nope, don't care. If you're not picking top three, the season's a waste. Because then you went into this rebuild knowing it was going to be at least a few years. Two or three years minimum, you're going to be in the bottom. You're going to pick in the top three or so. You want to get those premium assets. And yep. then... It's time to you. You can start adding a couple veterans, cost control veterans to start. Some guys are getting their extensions. You get the core fleshed out. You get you know you shave off the edges. We're gonna use Michelli as an example because let's just say geeky pans out and oh hey Michelli is the one that can that can be you know excess goods even though Michelli is a much better passer and uh, he's pretty much Ray Whitney 2.0 on some nights but whatever we can use him as the example. You shave off the edges. You got your core right there. Hey, you know what? We could use Ryan O'Reilly on that third line. That would be the the veteran we with a missing piece we need. Hey, we could use a Matthew Kachuk. We need a a scoring winger. Hey, we can use whatever, like a- anything you need. You got the assets for, and you can use that to. Hey, you you might be selling off. Here's a, a decent player to start building around for your rebuild and some assets. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I you you say. Michelli, Ray Whitney, and I know you weren't un, you were unable to watch the game today because you were working. Well, mm-hmm. what would what will be yesterday's game uh, when this podcast comes out? Uh, Michelli, you need to go back and watch the highlights. Michelli had two assists, one on a five on three, and one to I think it was the goal f- number four. I think I saw the five on three. That was this. You saw the like Kraus assist from like two nights or two games ago, right? Yeah. Where he was like, he just flipped it behind. This kid is ridiculous. And like, uh, please extend him like for like 20 years. <laughs> I, I, I'm legit. Like this kid might end up being better than Clayton Keller. Let's not go there yet. I, 
I, I'm gonna say I, as a pure passer, I can see it, dude. Uh, okay, well, I'll at least I'll I'll shoot this shot. All right, passing, Michelli might be a better passer than Clayton Keller. You also notice how Keller's finishing more. Yeah, how, like, he still has that pass. Like I, his pass has not gone away by any means, but I feel like he's whether it's the creativity, whether it's the 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 freedom or whatever. I feel like he's kind of been allowed to just let go, and mm-hmm. he's. There's been some pretty goals. There's been some pretty Keller goals. And then pairing up Michelli and Keller on the power play was um whoever made that decision deserves a raise. Let's just let's just say that because as much as I'm angry that, that they, they got a point tonight, like if they would have lost five four regulation, you're looking at that like, damn, these are still players that are that are building for the future. Damn, they're still scoring points. Hey, they're they're trying to build this winning culture, and that's the way you do it. Yeah, I and the reason why I say Michelli might be a better player is pure mm. pure projection. When we look at like Keller's draft year or first year in the league, I should say not his draft year, his first year in the league, and we compare it to like Michelli's first year in the league, dude. If Michelli doesn't get injured, I think Michelli beats him for rookie points in a year for Coyotes record. Well, the only thing I, is, I think Michelli is going to be that weird player that caps out at like he'll have two twenty goal seasons, and it's mostly like fifteen goal seasons from there there on. But it's like fifty assists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I'm not a, I'm not against that. I know some people put valuation on goals are more valuable than assists, and that's fine. Like I I, I don't I'm not necessarily disagreeing it with that with that valuation, but mm-hmm. I feel like um. People don't recognize that goal scorers don't always just score on their own. They need, you know, synergy with assets that can dish them incredible passes. You know, we we look at Ovechkin and we look at the records of of goals that he's putting up. And, you know, unfortunately, in the day, the limelight is that, you know, Ovechkin is going to be the one who's noticed for all those goals when a lot of those goals, (laughs) they got Backstrom tied to him for uh for the assists on those goals and you know it's the same thing when we look at like Gretzky's records and stuff like that and it was uh you know all the pieces on that that uh Euler team back in the day that you look at and you go yeah you know oh oh, uh don't get me wrong Gretzky I think definitely drove a lot of play a lot more than than Ovechkin does but you need those assets to to make a difference, and I, I think that Michelli absolutely. Think Gretzky can be. is still the greatest on the Jets because there is that that story where he essentially wrote his own contract for the Winnipeg Jets. Whether that's true or not, I don't care. Was he was going to go with it? If he plays for the Jets and not the Oilers, is he still the great one, or is he the very very good one? I don't know. It's so hard when we when we do this, right? Like, because we can look at a Gretzky story himself when he played as a coach or when he was a coach here. He said that Kyle Turris could be better than Wayne Gretzky. That's that's something he actually said as a coach that he believes. No pressure. <laughs> that, that Kyle Turris could be as good as he was playing. You know, I like so, Kyle Turris, but that, no. <laughs> Kyle Turris is a good player. He is. He was. He's not Wayne Gretzky. And could he have ended up being Wayne Gretzky on a different team? No. I don't know. But I, I think we can definitively say not because we saw his his maximum with, what was it, Ottawa? I think, I think it was Ottawa that he had. Like, yeah, but then you could argue, explosion. oh, but he was on a team that didn't develop him very well. And, <laughs> you know, he, he, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I, I got you. That's, I don't know, I I don't know, but I do know is that Michelli is definitely taking advantage of a team that is desperately looking for skill and young skill to be precise, and he's absolutely succeeding in that way. Pay him five point four five million for the next three years. Get it done. I don't know but why like, you like, why you want to pay these guys so much money. <laughs> but like literally, 
I think four mil gets it, it done. Where it makes it because you don't have to to worry about bringing on as many bad contracts to get to the floor. So that's what that's my mindset also because you can afford it. So okay. like if it's, if right. it's like a shorter contract, like two or three years, overpay him a little bit. Like you know, be like, hey, we we love you for staying because we're gonna ask you for a hometown discount when we're going for Stanley Cups in 2025, <laughs> 2026, 2027, 2028. Um, but so we, we've seen the elevation of that. We've seen Ray Whitney. Verbata was always good, but really brought Verbata to a different level. And Verbata was a good passer, but he he didn't have that wizard ability. We saw Taylor Hall, and I'll stand by this, help to unlock Connor Garland, and he hasn't really had a Taylor Hall-type passer since, and he's just been a good goal scorer. Like, if you have that right connection, Lawson Krause, great example. He hit, he barely hit 20 goals last year. Still a very good player. 20 goal scorer, someone that can get between 15 and 25 a year. That's great. Um, he was sniffing a 43-goal pace. At, at yeah. one point, yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> even if he only hits thirty, only, only hits thirty. My God, <laughs> I just it no, it it shows the right passer is what you need. You need that setup man, and if Michelli is going to get fifteen goals a year, have a couple twenty goal seasons, but that's like the the abnormal. But he's potting fifty, sixty assists. We're not complaining. Mm-hmm. We we don't care. <laughs> We're God, taking that. It, it's still crazy. Like I, when when I heard people losing their mind on the Lawson Krauss contract, I was thinking it was like five million. I'm looking back at this; it's only four point three. Man, that is it sounded be such like a, a lot, though, contract. didn't it? Like when you yeah. first when you first and see like it, I'm it going to other teams. High, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> I'm going to other teams and like comparing and and stuff like that, looking at players that can be picked up with this trade for Chikrin, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Lawson Kraus only makes four point three million, and he's twenty five, and he does so much more for the game than just only score. Like he does other parts of the game as well, Hitting, really well. He's not the greatest passer, but he's serviceable. Like he, yeah, he's he not gets, going to kill your drive. Essentially, like he's yeah. he's that serviceable kind of player. That's why his assists are always much lower than his than his goals. But he hits. He's a glue guy. He's he's. And that's He's fine. literally that's like what you need. that stereotypical bottom sixer with the body of a bottom sixer, the, the play style of bottom sixer, the, the, the glue guy kind of coach, you know, coach loving kind of kind of bottom sixer that has a, a 25 goal scorer shot. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's a weird combination. But anyway, so now we got that out of the way. I want to get back to this offseason plan. All right. They're 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 gonna pick eighth overall. Let's get real cynical. Let, let's get real cynical. What's your uh, plan? Because I, I'm telling you right now, fifth overall is not good enough. I don't. It's literally just enough to knock yourself out of all of the players that could be considered first overall picks in other drafts. It is literally just enough to get you outside of that. And everyone's saying Will Smith. I other than the meme. I know nothing about that kid, nor do I care. Don't inform me. I don't. Do not care. You're just on the outside of that. I'm looking at this. I'm not going to lie. The tank is ruined because you knew, like I I was saying earlier, the pain was going to be for two to three years. You knew that. Going into it, and I know players don't tank. Coaches don't tank. The coach is trying to build a culture. The players are trying to earn NHL jobs. It's the GM that tanks. The GM puts a roster that... You, you want to toe the line between competitive efforts while still losing. That is the battle you want. And for whatever reason, well, we know why. It's because Andre Tournier is going to win Coach of the Year one, one day because he is that damn good. And I cannot wait till his team's making the playoffs and people start realizing how good this coach is. But you needed this year to be pain. Not just some pain with some excitement, more excitement, and then like disappointment, but just enough to get like fifth to eighth because what are you going to do with that like what is the actual plan and i'm not i I don't know except for i'm pissed (laughs) i don't know i don't know and i i would be the only thing i could say is do you look come trade sorry come draft Mm -hmm. 
do guys become exp- expendable to move up? So here's here's like a projection that I'm throwing out. Okay. Right? Okay. Let's say trade. I keep wanting to call it trade deadline. Draft day <laughs> comes around, right? Right. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, who sucked the big suck, to get Bedard. Let's well, they did not get Bedard. They dropped from first to second, all the way down to number three overall. Okay. And they have their pick. Do you, the Coyotes, at pick number eight, go, hey, Columbus Blue Jackets, we'll take pick number three from you, and we'll hand you a Nick Schmaltz, a Barrett Hayden, and number eight overall for yes. number three. Yes. I'm I'm not thinking twice. I love Hayton. I do. No, I love that kid. You can find another guy that will play bottom six that can Connor be defensively Dickey responsible. Is probably going to do faceoffs. Yep, and might get you about ten to fifteen a year, depending on the year. Like I I I don't know if he's ever a twenty goal scorer, but I think that's pretty comfortable with with his range for a season. <laughs> and then you have the assists. It, it is replaceable. You're not talking Clayton Keller. You're not talking Logan Cooley. Yep. You're not talking those guys. Nope. That's replaceable. As much as I love Barrett Hayden and I, I want him to be in this core, I'm not thinking twice. And Schmaltz, as much as I do like the player, because of the injuries, if you give me a shot at Leo Carlson, I'm going to tell you right now, the the pain of losing Schmaltz in the locker room will heal pretty quickly. Especially hey, when I'll, Logan Cooley I'll, comes I'll, in and he's probably yes. going to play with Clayton Keller and replace him on uh-huh. that line. Yes. And then you could also have Gunner because Gunner. I, I feel mm-hmm. like Gunner and Cooley are going to play really well together. And Gunner has a really good shot. Keller has a good shot and a good pass. Logan yep. Cooley is a cheat code. How much of that translates? I think it's going to take at least two seasons to fully translate. Rookie year, you're going to have the ex- explosiveness. Sophomore year, more teams are going to figure him out and target him, so he's going to have some struggles. Third year, he's going to find the balance, and there you go. Like that's I, 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 I think I've just perfectly broken down why so many players have sophomore slumps. It's literally, hey, this worked my my freshman year, so I'll, I'll go into the sophomore year doing that, but everyone is now targeting you. Everyone yep. now knows what you do, and, and they target it, so it takes you yep. a while to adjust. You got the shock, you got the denial, you got to go through your, your five stages of grief and then realize, okay, it's time to re- reinvent myself. But no, th- that that will wear off if you get Leo Carlson. If you get, you know, just you, saying, you to go Lichkov. Just like, saying. I would do it. The problem is, why would Columbus? Because well, I, I know why they wouldn't, why they'd want proven players. All right. Just to kind of, it fleshes out the roster. Number eight's still going to be a good pick that they can have in their system for a while and not need to worry. But Carlson, while he's not quite, he would be a number one overall pick in any other year, he has raised his stock to where now you can start making arguments. Like, he, he's put himself up there. Good for him. Great effort. Got to give him a lot of respect. So it's like... So here's... Do you see him more as Fantilli? Or do you see him more as... Let's say a Turkov from a previous draft where take it or leave it kind of thing. I would say he's definitely higher than Turcot. I would definitely mm-hmm. say he's higher than Cockney Nemi. I don't know how to say his name. Um, <laughs> he's that definitely like higher than if I were to pen <laughs> if I were to pen him down as somebody who I could see him turning into, mm-hmm. I would say a slightly bigger Elias Petterson. That's not bad. That's what I would po- point towards as a comparable to Leo Carlson. I like that. I, I like what you're saying there. Elias Pedersen's a good player. Yep. Like him. So I-, I wouldn't mind him in a Coyote uniform, but he's not He's not leaving Vancouver anytime soon. So here's my thing. You look at that and you go, Leo Carlson, why would we, why would the Blue Jackets give that up? Mm-hmm. Right? And... When you look at where, what um, Kekalainen, their g- general manager, has been able to do there, he's able to get good value out of players. Really good value, right? And being able to pick up a guy like Barrett Hayden, that's a centerman, 
But mm-hmm. I don't care what you see Hayden being, whether he's a top six or he's not going to make the top six. He's a centerman, right? Through and through. There's a guy there that you could put on a Johnny Gaudreau, maybe with Patrick Line on the other side, and try them out. See how it goes. Versatile uh, you, you and have, defensively responsible to make up for turnovers and make up for some of those defensive lags. I, I know Line is notorious for not being the greatest defensively. I don't know too much about Gaudreau's two-way game, but that right there unlocks a lot because he's also good at the face-off dot. So even if you don't have that franchise center, he can help. And that so would be good. Here's my here's my other thing too. You look mm-hmm. at center, and I, I know you can never have too many sermon. You can just put them on the wings or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have Cole Sillinger. They have Kent Johnson. Those are two legitimate centermen also that are developing in that system. Um, I want to say they have one more in development that I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Um yeah, there's just there's a lot of pieces that the Blue Jackets have that are very young that need to like learn how to be NHLers and no Nick Schmaltz and Barrett Hayden aren't cup winning pieces that are, you know, bona fide and have been deep in the playoffs. No, they're not that, but they're NHLers through and through. They're professionals mm-hmm. that will teach you how to how those young kids to to come up to be NHLers. It's just a thought, you know, you have those pieces already there, the the centermen's that that they've uh, drafted. You pick up a a really damn good player, Nick Schmaltz. He's a damn good player when he's healthy. Yeah. And maybe that helps, you know, break the curse. Maybe it was just you know, the Arizona curse where we tend to somehow break our players. Maybe he does stay healthy there. And that's a pretty damn good asset to put on with either a line eight or a Goudreau. I mean, it, it makes sense because they've they've had some top picks for a few years now. Because after that, that playoff run, they went all in, I think it was 2019. They, they yep. essentially had to start a rebuild from scratch. And that's it, the logic makes sense because, hey, we don't need that top three talent. Obviously, if, you, if you're getting first or second, you're drafting it. You're not trading it, but we yeah. don't need that. First or second, you're absolutely not. Said. Yeah, first yeah. or second, you're absolutely not. It, mm-hmm. it, they're, no, they're non-touchables. I'm sorry, they're mm-hmm. not. Pantilli and Bedard are non-touchables. But Literally Alil Carlson, right last year, better than Slavkovsky last year. Yeah, uh, Alil Carlson, there might be some movement. And remember, this isn't, oh, they're trading away a pick and they're just not picking at all in the first round. No, they're still picking at eight. And Kekalainen yeah. somehow always finds great value further back in the draft. Kekalainen's a really good general manager at scouting. That's he's mm-hmm. just he's really good at it. You're still picking at number eight. There's still value there. Now it's not as high value as a uh, Leo Carlson will be, but you have that high value that you've already drafted there. Do you look at adding really nice complementary assets? You add essentially three for one in that draft. You add Hayden, Schmaltz, and then whoever you pick at number eight. Or in Yu-Gi-Oh terms, you're going plus two in card advantage. I haven't thrown a card game reference in forever. But like it's literally franchises in two different places where Columbus was was not supposed to suck this year. They had a lot of injuries and whatnot. So it's like, hey, we'd also like a little more depth because if Mm -hmm. they had Schmaltz and Hayden on their team right now, I'm not going to say they'd be playoffs because the East is no, but they'd be better off. So yep. they also might look at it like, hey, we're still getting a good young top 10 asset and we're getting some proven NHLers that come plug in the lineup helps with the depth. And we'd be giving up another young player that would take a few years to develop. And the Coyotes are like, we have a few years to develop. We got, we got a couple of those years to develop these players. I don't know. It makes sense. I don't know if it happens, but yeah. it, it does at least make sense. So that is it for the actual topics. I had one thing I wanted to talk about that you can see behind me that for some reason you're so rude and decided not to ask. Well, but you yes, were too busy flipping I, I, your I, mind uh, at the game. So, yes. and by the way, yes. I'm going to ruin it for you. They did lose. So I, I, I know I saw, I got, I got notifications of the coyotes and the NHL app. So okay, well, thank you. But I get to look at a picture of my dog, so I can't be that sad anyway. So, uh, 
Do you know what this jersey is? I like to wear on the show for for the most part. Did, did is it a practice jersey? Off? No. So Walmart does this, and they're about fifty bucks, um, and and they're officially licensed gear. I don't know what what company does it. This this hat is much nicer than a lot of the other hats I have. It's made by a company called uh, like Fan Fan uh, Favorites. There you go. And they're usually like 10 or 20 bucks, depending on where you get them. Pretty high quality hats, high quality logos, not sponsored. I just, I, I'm like, go to Walmart, go to Target, actually try to find deals. Try to actually look out for yourself and save some money because yep. you'll find some decent deals. But I, I like this as a concept because I actually think the logo is better than Fanatics, like objectively. Okay. I think the material, not as good. Obviously, you could tell it's a, it's a lower quality jersey, but for 50 bucks, as someone who has always lived paycheck to paycheck, I can justify spending fifty way easier than I can justify spending two hundred, mm-hmm. and that is just most people are going to be like that because it's logical. And while I I waste a lot of money, that's because I'm very fortunate in my situation. Most people don't have that luxury. So let me go ahead and grab this real quick. This Uh-oh. jersey right here, Mads, Mads that I got dark. today for fifty. Dollary dues at the Wally Worlds is just a Kachina version. I was waiting for them to do something like that. And I'm not going to lie, as much as I love having a little more of the brick red on the jersey, uh, the green needs to be up here. The, the, the Kachina needs the green up here. It completes the look. I don't think for 50 bucks this is a bad option if you want a Coyotes jersey, yeah. but you don't want the overly cheap he- with the overpriced Fanatics or the Two hundred dollars for a blank. That is the Adidas now because of all this price hikes and stupid crap. Yeah, and it's certainly something that you can beat the crap out of and not feel like you're, um, you know, upset exactly. yourself for doing so. I have two of these. This is my second one. I have one sitting in the closet that keep in good condition. I'll wear this, and it, by the end of the season, if I can find a second one, usually I wait for clearance because it'll be like thirty bucks. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'll throw that one in the closet and have the backup. Yeah. But if you just want a Coyotes jersey and you're like, I don't want to pay all this money for an overpriced product, it quite frankly is. Like, oh, it absolutely the, the new is. Generation <laughs> are not as interested in sports in general, and a lot of th- this old way of of like the reason hats are expensive. So this, I have one sitting. Uh, let me grab this real quick. Now you got me on a you got me on a on an anti big business thing. So give me it. We're, we're we're gonna go with Matt's soapbox. So this hat right here was like ten bucks at Ross or eight ninety nine, whatever. My wife but got it for me. Okay, quality. Definitely uh-huh. not the greatest looking. Uh, I, I would not be shocked if this was thirty bucks when it was brand new in the. Uh, well, it was brand new at Ross, but. In the team shop, I would not be yeah. shocked if it was thirty bucks. When it's you, not would you pay hands. thirty bucks for this? Uh, no. It's 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 not visually appealing enough. It's not high enough quality. It's better than some of the hats, but it's not good enough. But even the the crappiest hats, minimum. Like I, I have this Coyotes trucker hat that I got when my wife got me at Target, and it was twenty five bucks. Because of licensing, this mm-hmm. outdated concept where you partner with a company, and even though you're give, essentially giving the blessing to put your logo on it, these hats, I can tell you right now, without needing to do any research, this does not cost more than a few bucks to produce. You're sticking yeah. the logo yeah. on it, and then you're just <laughs> upcharging not 50% or even 100% to make your profit, make your money, keep the business going. You're marking it up like, 400 or 500 percent because you want all of the money and that's how it works the material, and, and most people aren't cool with that anymore material for that's probably like i would say five dollars labor from the slip the sweatshop that was made in probably a dollar <laughs> if that if that like at six dollars transit to the united states three dollars and you're still making it, double the profit off of it. it. It is insanely cheap to produce a lot of this stuff. And a lot of people nowadays, like it is so for hockey. I know for other sports too, but for hockey, it is so expensive that there is literal like trade in programs and secondhand 
equipment and it's normal because you got to try to save a few bucks yeah like sports are so expensive to be a fan to watch to go to games you can't e- you can't even just hey i would like to pay the nhl 100 bucks or whatever it is for the year to watch all the coyotes games nope you live in arizona you have to go through bally Okay, well, I guess I'll go through Bally. Well, you don't even get all the games because we got some going on ESPN, some go here, some are national games. It's a mess yep. because it, a lot of money comes to TV deals. But, like, literally people are tired of, of overcharging. They're tired of, of the stupidity. It's outdated. There's a reason why the, the newer generation does not care as much about sports, or at the very least, if they do, they're casuals. They are less likely to be these, these big hardcore fanatics, and they're way less likely to buy real products, most of them have no problem just buying $50 knockoff jerseys that look terrible. And I'll be honest here, this looks objectively better than any of the knockoffs. And it's an actual officially licensed product. Yeah. So I'm like, sales on eBay, buy used jerseys. No one's going to know it's used unless it's really beat up. That Doan Flying Fox, that's used. It had a stain or whatever. My wife got it. I think she said 60 bucks. She got the stain out. I never even saw the stain on the jersey. So like yep. they're, save money, find ways to save money. Don't just throw money at, at, at these companies. Yada yada, jersey ads, crap like that. I, I love these as a concept. I need to make a separate video because like giving people that do not have that kind of extra money an option, an official option to try to bridge that gap, even though it's it's in their weird well, we got to make it cost $2 to produce and charge 50 for it way. Even though you had to do it that way, I still appreciate the effort to try to, to get it a little more accessible. Yep. All right. Well, now that I can get you off your soapbox, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to... Is there any other topics? Because I'm going to have to nope. start to limit us here. We, we're going to have nope. to... That was my last to, topic that I had. Okay. That's why I, I brought it up when I did. That was the last topic I had. Okay. Perfect. Well, I'm glad that you're able to get that out. You get it out <laughs> every every few episodes or so. You'll Matt you'll, soapbox. <laughs> you'll, you'll get on the soapbox and talk about the uh, the ventures of capitalism. <laughs> Ooh, big corporation. I, it's funny. I am a hardcore capitalist enjoyer. I just don't like the massive amount of idiots that don't pay attention to bad it's business the gouging. and allow it's, it to go like, you know, yeah, out of, out of control. It, it's the gouging you, that you, you don't like. And I, I think that we can all speak to that and understand that, you know, I think mm-hmm. we can all agree that the gouging is uh, not necessary and uh, painful. But you because, gotta do it because you got the howling coyote on that hat. Yep. I, I, I need you to understand how am I going to buy my second yacht if I don't charge you $30 for a trucker hat? True. Buy it. <laughs> do it. Do it now. Do it now. All right. Well, if anyway. you uh, if you enjoyed this episode of the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast, I screwed that up. I'm just going to do it one more time just because if you enjoyed this episode <laughs> of the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast, I hope you give us a like, a follow, a subscription on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And uh, Columbus, please make that trade. <laughs> we'll see you guys <laughs> next next week. <laughs>